So the spiritual world and auras and spirits and things like that, that's always been very easy for me. All different forms of like mysticism or anything like that, I just completely understand it. But like the the real world, like grounding down stuff has been very challenging. It off, they're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, <literally. laughs> like whoever recommended this to me. Sucks. <laughs> oh man, I'm thanks sweating. for being here. I'm sweating my ass. I off am at Lindsay's apartment. I started very comfortable today, and after hours of recording, I'm I am my ass off. sweaty in my crotch right yeah. now. <laughs> my brow is dripping. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Almost 30. We are um, a podcast that hopefully. Brings a little lightness, a little humor, uh, inspiration to the transition that you might be going through. So whether it's your 20s to your 30s, or um, maybe you are newly married, or maybe you are leaving your full-time job and starting your own business, or finally taking ownership of your health. Like we are Mm. here for it and we are having conversations and conversations with amazing guests who we're lucky enough to have really raw, honest conversations with to help you. So yeah. Our interviews are different. So different. So different. Matthew Lillard. um, Someone texted me after the Matthew Lillard episode and they said, wow, I've never heard a celebrity interview like that. Really? It was like incredible. And I was like, thank you. Dude. (laughs) I'm, I actually just started the beginning. I'm so pumped to get through it. That was, dude, when he kept turning the tables on us, I wasn't ready. (laughs) I just love the beginning where he was like, why the fuck am I here? Yeah. I was like, I love you for asking that. I know. I love it too. (laughs) It's the elephant in the damn room. Why why are any of us here? Why are any of us here? Well, oftentimes we, in, in, in forced situations like that, not forced, whatever. But if say you're going to meet someone because like, oh, a friend like introduce you and you're like, okay, so I'm here because of this. But I love like just the honesty of like, so like, why are we here? (laughs) And I just, I think it's like, just like, you know, uh, my expectations of human interactions are a little high and I need to lower them. Mm. But it's like, why am I here? It's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. You are here because we reached out to you because of X, Y, and Z. We're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Our podcast is about X, Y, and Z. Cool. Now everyone understands why the fuck we're here and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I just like, (laughs) oh, my Mm. expectations of humans are too high right now and I need to lower them. 
But then I'm like, what? But then we, but, but y- then I'm putting that out there. Cause lately guys, I don't know if you feel this way, but I'm getting a little frustrated. A little frustrated with tapes. Well, here's the thing. If we didn't have those expectations, we wouldn't grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how much feedback? I mean, this is what we're talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, all y'all out there with your own businesses and people working for you or around you, I know you can probably relate you know, we have an incredible team. This is 0% about our team. Yeah, 0%, by the way. Yeah. Zero um, about Kayla and Chloe and Shara. They actually keep us uh, sane. Yeah, we're podcast masters. Yeah. Sane. But, you know, obviously we're just like interacting with a lot of people yep. all the time. So I think if our expectations were low and we were always satisfied all the time, like it wouldn't go as deep as it does and it wouldn't accelerate in the direction and as fast as it does. Do you know what I mean? Like, Like, I think it's a a level of our commitment is reflected in that frustration. And professionalism. Yes. You know, like as an example, y'all, we were interviewed on a podcast. Mm -hmm. I won't say what it was. They were clearly not paying attention. Mm -hmm. I know this because- They were on their phone. They were on their phone. And they were also late for the interview and there wasn't any preparation. There wasn't anything and the questions weren't prepared and it was... It was an hour and 20 minute interview. They asked first questions. And they kind of just talked amongst themselves, which is totally fine. Like we don't need to be the highlight. But in a situation like that, like where, like this is my thing is that it's like, you know, it's not even about me knowing better, even though I didn't know. It's about is this an opportunity to provide someone feedback that could change the course of their business? Mm -hmm. And in this situation, if they were provided the feedback of, Hey, like, you know, I know it's tempting to be on your phone because I, yo, if you don't think I want to be on my phone the whole time, I do Mm -hmm. to not be on your phone or to do whatever. It's like, this is an opportunity for them to be like, Hey, like actually your guests are are paying attention and they want to feel like you're engaged in what they're saying. And this is a way that makes them not feel that way. So this is an opportunity for you to maybe not do that. Am I that person that's going to do that? I have a hard time. And maybe it's the shame around being a female, Mm -hmm. you know, like wanting to support other women, which we do. Yes. But also and the shame in the sense that girls should be nice and I should be nice. And if I give feedback like that, it's too then much. You're a bitch. I'm yeah. a bitch. It's too much. And they won't like me anymore. And I'm trying to think, I'm like, how, why is this situation? And outside of that situation, there's been other situations that we've had related to the business and what we've been doing where, um, you know, things aren't clearly communicated. Uh, the balls have been dropped or, you know, things aren't, you know, in the professional, perfect, not perfect, but a professional like way that we do things, which is mm-hmm. very clear communication, um, dotting the T's, crossing the I's, um, just being as professional as possible. And is it, so why do these situations that are do keep happening to us keep happening? Am I bringing them upon myself? Am I unable personally? And I, this is what I'm kind of wondering. Un, am I unable to take feedback? And that's why I'm being presented these situations where I'm not giving people feedback and I should be giving them feedback and I'm not getting feedback. Mm-hmm. Like what is the karmic or like what is the the energy exchange or mirror that these situations are providing me to grow? And I don't really know what that is. Or if it's like I need to be clearly communicate. I, I think the lesson for me really is, is I've been moving a little too fast, you know, with things and what we've been doing because we're so busy and we have so much going on. God bless it. I'm so thankful. 
and we worked so hard for it. But I'm like, I think I'm not taking the time to like be like, okay, I'm so glad that you're working with us. I'm so glad that we're, you know, working on X, Y, and Z or we are doing this. Mm -hmm. This is how I see things going. This is kind of what I expect. This is how we do things. How do you do things? Let's, Let's meet in the middle so we can make sure that we're doing X, Y, and Z in an amazing way. It's funny, our relationship with time, because probably I assume, and this is how I feel in the moment where I'm like, ah, like that conversation is going to take too long. And so let's just get it done as fast as possible. But I think, uh, at least for me, I need to kind of restructure my relationship with time because we create it. We are the source of time if we're talking Einstein time. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, I, I often have conversations with myself where I'm like, I don't have time. Fuck. I don't have time. Like, ah, I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, shit, I have a million things to do or I want to do or whatever. And it's like, oh, like I can in this moment create the space and the time for it. And so yes, just slow down and have those conversations I think is a practice. And two, like about your lesson, I mean, I totally think it keeps showing up because like we haven't done it different. So we haven't had this slowing down and, yeah. and and setting out the expectations or in the moment when we are being interviewed, say like, hey, like, listen, I'm so sorry, but you being on your phone is so distracting to me. Like, I can't even focus. Like us not having those present moment, like f- feedback with love, you know totally. what I mean? Sessions. And so- It's also just like, dude, I don't, it sucks, but like, I don't want people to not like me. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, you know, like you want to be liked and that's like, a, I guess a, I'm not, Usually I've seen myself as a people pleaser, but as I've grown into this space, I do want to be liked by people. I do want to have a good reputation. And sometimes it feels like not ruffling feathers is the way to do that. But I'm like, it's still, I keep thinking about these things. And I keep thinking about how I wish I would have communicated X, Y, and Z because it didn't, things didn't really sit with me, you know, or just like, I just kind of want to test myself too and kind of like see what happens and see if I'm, see what kind of communication style would work and like how exactly I should go about doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was, I am a people pleaser and I was in therapy talking about this. And she was saying that like a lot of what I do is not serving that other person Mm. because it's creating like this, I I think of it in my mind almost as like a comforter. Mm -hmm. So they're like, it's like a little buffer. Like they won't get hurt. Mm -hmm. They won't be faced with that challenge that they're maybe supposed to learn. So, you know, I see that like even with my brother, like he's supposed to be learning lessons as he grows up, but I like, I bleed for him. I love him so much. So I don't want him to feel pain and, you know, go through any sort of trouble. So I'm like, Hey, come on up to LA. Like I'll take you out to dinner and trust me, love doing it. And I would do it till the end of time. But I'm like, Hey Lens, is that serving him all the time? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, maybe it would actually serve him to, cause he always offers. He's like, no, I'll pay. I'm like, no, 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 I'll pay. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, maybe it would actually serve him to like, if he wants to pay for dinner, he'd feel good about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's this weird thing. And I just see literally, this is my problem. I see every side mm-hmm. that I possibly know. So the the me is like, yes, I agree with you, but what if your act of kindness changes his life and mm-hmm. your act of kindness, he, yeah, he then mean, does to everyone else. And he's also like, wow, my sister was really kind to me when I needed it the most. And yeah. she really did that when I needed it the most. So now I'm going to turn around and do that to mm-hmm. others. So I completely agree with you. And that's the thing with lately is I've just been seeing every side of things. And I'm like, you know, what if in their situation, they didn't feel like, 
we, I did, you know, something or whatever, like they've never been in the situation or they never, you know, whatever. And it's just fucking frustrating. I know. But I, th- I, totally I think know we should, mean. I think we should have said something in the moment. Mm-hmm. I would have like yeah. going back. I want to do it with joy and I want to do it with love. And I yeah. want to, you know, just figure out that, that kind of like really and kind of slowly too. If I think about it in yo, my head, be slow. because if I think about it in my head, I'm like, Oh, the, uncomfortable Lindsay would have been like, Hey guys, uh, <laughs> it would have been Dude. uncomfortable. I would have been like, it's, it's like you're on your phone. Yeah. Like I would have like been I like, yeah. Instead of just being like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Can we pause for a second? Yeah. And I know the text is probably important, mm-hmm. but like, it's just distracting. And I'd love, I would like, you're so funny and, and cool. Like, I just want to be kind of present just with you. Hurts my feelings. It- and then we start crying and then there's a tear that drops. Yeah, and I'm taking my time to like be with you and yeah. like. Yeah, completely. You know, so that's most drugs right now. If you guys have any advice or insight into, I think it's a, you know, I also think it's an entrepreneur. Well, you know, I won't say that, but from, you know, in, in work, I had this experience, you know, with feedback get, but so this is, I guess the comparison that I'm trying to make when I worked in the corporate world for, you know, a long time, the feedback process was structured for the most part. Mm-hmm. So a boss or a superior, whatever you will call it, was that was in their right. And it was known that they would give you feedback and you could also respond to that feedback. And it was done on a quarterly basis, weekly basis, whatever. So I felt like it was more structured and it was expected and it was part of the standard. Yeah. So I was like accustomed to that. But in the entrepreneurial space, we're doing something that we love with people that are creatives, you know, all of these things like that. It's not, there isn't a standard, Mm -hmm. you know, for doing it. And it's not business. It's what we love. It's our passion. And it's, you know, all these things. So it's like different because you're working with people you like friends that you would hang out with outside of the podcast or whatever. So I think that's where it's like a little bit harder for me to understand Mm -hmm. is like, you know, when can I switch like a business mode or sense on and like do that? Learning, learning every day. (sighs) I'm sick of learning actually. I think a lot of women can relate. A lot of women. Sure. What do you guys think? Like, what do you do? I would love to talk about this in the Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook group. So search Secret Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group. And I would love to talk about the feedback process, like how you guys give criticism, constructive criticism. Um, I don't even want to call it criticism, but just like, how do you communicate clearly and effectively how you feel? Which someone should write a book. Yeah. (laughs) Help. Help us. All right, everyone. Um, really excited today. Really powerful woman, healer, mama medicine oh, is on the podcast. As the arena screams, yeah, mama medicine. Crystals shoot out of our dude, butts. The whole interview, I'm like, so beautiful. She's so beautiful. Fuck. Oh, and her smile. I know. Her smile. And her husband. And her baby. Mm. Deborah Hane Camp. I want to, I, my, my body just like got a little like warm, my body just like, mm. my spirit just like hugged her. Yeah. She's doing cool shit too. And really I cannot, cool. I actually cannot wait to go to New York and see her. Her work blends ancient knowledge from across a variety of traditions. She also has, so she has like a space in New York. Yep. Um, and what she's known for are these healings and ceremonies prescribed ritual baths. It's like this holistic experience, spiritual approach to healing. 
I mean, she's known all over the world. I mean, she's traveled all over the world. She um, has people who have been healed all over the world. And um, she's really like, she's like a shaman mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and helps us connect with our inner shamans, which is really, really interesting. Um, and, you know, she's one of those people that just directs our power back to ourselves, which mm-hmm. what we're kind of after here on the podcast, to be completely honest, you know, we don't want to like tell you to go prescribe to all these programs and whatever. It's really empowering you and just giving you confidence to know that you can do this as yourself. So yeah. we love her. Yeah, mamamedicine.nyc. So that's mamamedicine.nyc for her website. And then you can find her on Instagram at mamamedicine and that's Deborah Henkamp. And she is awesome. We love her. We are excited to share this episode with you. Enjoy. Our good friend, Biet. Biet Simkin? Yeah. Yeah. She's a meditation yeah. Mm-hmm. person. Yeah. So she, we've done a lot of events with her and um, she's always wears this dope hat and it's amazing. And I was like, that hat's so amazing. She's like, the hat maker's coming during the event. You should see. And she's like, these hats are like $1,500 hats. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like trying to understand. So then she was trying to have an event where the people would get a hat. So mm-hmm. the ticket was like $1,700. Whoa. So you'd get a hat and then you get a ticket to the event. And I was like, I don't know. If- Is that the one where we were trying to help her sell the tickets? And we were like, I don't know. No, we said no before. She was okay. like, do you want to like, or she asked, she's like, do you want to do the event with us? And we're like 1700 is outside of our price point for our listeners. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love them, but I don't know if they would spend that much. I wonder how that funny. event went. I, I, don't I know think it happened. There's two honest. people. No, I don't know. Yeah. But then they, two people, that's great. I know. Sounds good. Yeah. I think we, I don't know if it actually happened. I don't know. Whatever. We need to up our prices. What? I, said, we need I know, to up our prices. Honey, honestly. She said it's like there's special things to happen. It's a blessed hat by a shaman or something like that. Cool. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. But still, <laughs> yeah, literally. Mama Medicine. Deborah, I'm so glad you're our here. Our community loves How you so the much heck too. I know. Did it work out that you're out in LA? Like everything is just synchronistic. We were like thinking about you and how like the next time we were in New York, like how can we make it work? But this is just perfect. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. We for kept checking me. the calendar. We're like, is she coming here? <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, literally, we're like, let's ask Kayla. Who's on our team. We're like, I think she's coming. Then when you came, we're like, yes. <laughs> just because we know you're so busy and we know you're always like traveling and stuff. So we're so happy mm-hmm. to have you here. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be here. I love coming out to LA so much. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. Do you feel like, well, you're in New York now, right? Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you would be bi-coastal? Yeah. I think right now my daughter is five. So mm-hmm. it's like totally. a little bit hard to do it too, too much, mm-hmm. but I like coming out here like two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, do, what does she do when you're gone? She just hangs out with her dad Aww. and goes to school, you yeah. know? Yeah. She has like daddy week. Yeah. Aww. Where she gets to like stay up late totally. and watch TV and things like she's not really allowed to do when I'm there. Totally. <laughs> so she loves it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's the like kind of mm-hmm. becoming a parent, but also like working with your partner to become a parent. How has that been like fun mm-hmm. and challenging? Well, it's interesting because I was pregnant with our daughter eight months after we met. Uh-huh. And so like the sort of foundation time of our relationship was pregnancy and childbirth. And so it was really interesting, I think, for me seeing him before he was a dad and after he was a dad. 
Because, like, from the second I told him that I was pregnant, he was like, this is what I'm meant to do with my life. I'm meant to be a father. He was just, like, so enthusiastic about it. And then in the first year, it's a little bit hard for the dads because the baby's always breastfeeding and things like that. But after that first year, he has just, that enthusiasm has just grown. And now he's, like, teaching her judo and things like that. He's, like, a super dad. It's really cool. cute. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just like fall more and more in love with him? Oh, definitely. Oh my God. Yeah. He's got the best bio on Instagram. <laughs> it's like, I am a dad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dad. I like to travel. My wife and my babe are my wife and my child are my number one. I used to be a legend. Now I just listen to my wife. I literally <laughs> just best. read it. I'm like, that's the best. It's <laughs> literally the best. It's like, I'm a dad. And then he said, and then he mentions it again, like wife and child. It's like yeah. two times. Yeah. And then it's like wife again. Yeah. So sweet. How did you meet him? Like, what was that like, especially being a spiritual? Yeah. It's actually kind of magical. Like I was going through the roughest time in my life, like really strong Saturn return energy. So I was ending a really, really toxic relationship that I had been in for six years where I was basically like the guy's mom in a way. And when he moved out, he took everything. Like he took all the furniture. He took even like my clothes and he like trashed the house. So we had this like really peaceful, really conscious <laughs> uncoupling. <Jesus Christ. laughs> but that's like the child thing. And yeah, that's and then when he moved does. out, yeah. And then when he moved out, he got all angry. Anyways. So like that was at the beginning of the summer and the whole summer I had like the time of my life. Like I was going out and I was like hanging out with friends. Cause I, I've always been like super, super work focused, like since 17. And it was like the first summer I was 28 that I really like let myself be in my twenties. It was mm. so fun. And then at the end of the summer, my friend was like, Hey, I have a couch for you. Do you want a couch? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he walks in and the guy helping him carry the couch is Herman. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. And, and and then what? <laughs> and then actually my friend Stephanie, whose wedding I'm officiating this weekend, was there. And they bring in the couch and he sits down on the couch and he starts talking to me. And he's like the most handsome man I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like intimidatingly handsome. Mm-hmm. Like the exact like tall, dark and handsome definition. And it was like, I couldn't even look at him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, I can't even look at this guy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I was like, I'm, not, I'm just like going to talk and like look at the floor. And then when and he's he left, like, does she like me? Yeah. You know, he's like, why isn't she like, because yeah. g- girls, like when I walk down the street with him, I literally get like dirty looks from girls when I'm walking Damn. next to him, you no know? Bad. Yeah. But it's funny. Like when a guy's that attractive, girls don't really hit on them a lot from my experience. Cause a lot of times girls don't feel confident enough mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. Cause you have to be, feel very confident about yourself to approach someone that's very attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was happy I didn't have to approach it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when when he left, my friend Stephanie was like, that really hot guy was flirting with you. And I was like, no, it can't be. And then he came to a ceremony at my business that I had at the time. And after that, he wrote me a poem. And it was like an eight-page poem. 
And in the poem was like things that nobody could have ever known about me, not even like the people closest to me. And then two days after he drops the poem off in my mailbox, he calls me and he asks me to go on a lunch date with him. He sits me down at lunch. He turns to me and he goes, I will never be with anyone else in my life. I'm going to marry you one day. And it's okay if I need to wait for you. If you're not ready, I'm going to wait. But you are the person I'm meant to be with. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't breathe. And then he spent like the next eight months totally like pretty woman pretty womaning me yeah. but with, like minus the prostitution part yeah. you know he like took me shopping and bought me like beautiful clothes he took me to Paris and dinner in the Eiffel Tower and he like I went to my brother's wedding and when I came back my whole apartment was completely redesigned with everything I told him that I would want to do and I I was like redoing it he did the whole thing he got me a parking space which in New York City is like the most romantic thing somebody could do oh my god yeah he just like shining armor total knight in shining armor like unbelievable like who is this guy I of course didn't trust it I was like what do you want? Like, what's happening here? Like, <laughs> totally. who are you? You know? And so I went to the Amazon and I got, I went on a dieta, which was part of my apprenticeship at the time. And I basically got plants that really increased my fertility and melted a bunch of fibroids. And it's a long side story, but essentially I was told I wouldn't be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. And my teacher in the Amazon thought much differently. And he gave me plants in a kind of random way. When I came back the first time Herman and I had sex, boom, I was pregnant with our daughter. How do you know? Oh my God. Did you just feel it? I I felt like immediately something was different, you know? Wow. Yeah. What so wow. how did how did you receive the plants? Like did you ingest them or yeah. was it like a ceremony or yeah, it was um it was like plants he made specifically for my energy. So wow. he, my teacher never really talks. Like he's very, very stoic <laughs> and he's very like observant and just like let nature teach you, let the plants teach you. But on that particular dieta and visit into the Amazon, he was like, hey, do you want to have kids one day? And I explained to him, you know, I had a tumor that crushed one ovary and fallopian tube, and I have fibroids crushing the other one, so I've been told that I can't have kids. And he was like, I have something for you. And he made me a tea that I had to drink for a month, and it was like a mixture of five different plants, Peruvian grain alcohol, which is very, very strong. Wow. And uh, honey from a particular bee on his property. And he... He instructed me to take a shot of it in the morning and a shot at night. And I did that for a month straight while on a specific diet of just like no sugar, no, no nothing, basically like green boiled plantains, which is like really gross, by the wow. way. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what does that taste like? Yeah, honestly. Where'd okay. you get that in New York? Yeah. You just like buy it and cook it yourself all yeah. the time? Yeah. Wow. Well, I was in the Amazon for the first two weeks and then the next two weeks it was at home doing it. Wow. It was like, as soon as I would take the shot, every I would start sweating like profusely. 
and turning like bright red. And I'd have to like jump in and take a very cold shower. It was like a very intense medicine. Whoa. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was doing? I think it was the, the heat of the plants was literally melting the fibroids. Mm. And then like the honey and some of the other plants in there were just helping to like enhance and increase fertility. And because that was sort of the only energetic information I was getting in at that point, because, you know, like coffee is energy, salt is energy, you know, sugar is energy. And I wasn't getting any of that. Mm. The only energetic information wow. I was getting was these plants. It it just really worked. Wow. wow. I have to like think about on that for a second. To go back before you got pregnant, so you were coming out of that relationship that was dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. Did you like in any way start to think about like a man that you would want to be with? Like, what was that like? Mm -hmm. Like, how did I manifest Herman? (laughs) I was actually very specific because at that point I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of boundaries and an understanding of boundaries. And like, I understand the reason why I was in that toxic relationship was to really learn like what I could or could not handle Mm. and what was healthy for me or not. And after I broke up with that guy, I was really understanding, like I wanted a guy who felt older than me. Actually, Herman is physically three years younger, but he feels older to me. Like he, he just like immediately when I was sitting alone in a room with him, I felt so calm and Mm. like so relaxed Mm. and safe, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I wanted a guy who was like very, very like masculine and embodying his like masculine energy and Mm. not really like questioning his masculinity at all. That was really important to me. I was telling my brother once, I want a mixture between James Bond and Austin Powers. (laughs) 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 Like I I was very specific actually. And I was talking about it a lot to people and a lot to my friends and even like, not being very specific about the way the guy looks, because actually that never really mattered to me. Mm-hmm. But then if I would have imagined like the perfect looking person, that's exactly who Herman was, you know, mm-hmm. like the, exactly like the physical form I would have wanted him to be in. Mm-hmm. But I was more focused on like, I want him, I want him to be a traveler. That was super important for me. I want him to love his work and like really be motivated with what he does in the world. And mostly just somebody who can match my intensity, you know, and he was like all all of those things. Did you, so did you talk this out? Did you write this down? Did you do ceremony around it or? No, I really just, I knew it, Mm. you know, and I, I talked about it to friends and Mm. family and you know, then right away when you have that happen, people try to set you up with somebody who they think fits that description. And it was mm-hmm. just such a clear, like, no, 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 no. This is mm-hmm. not the right person, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even like some of the dates that I went on really sort of refined and polished the intention I was setting with who I was meant to meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. I love yeah. that. Did you ever have a problem like, 
you know, if you're coming out of a relationship that's like toxic, where it's kind of like parent child, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you're being the mom, was it, yeah. Like what was your self-talk to make yourself accept this like beautiful love into your life? Was it hard? You know, were there times where you're like that maybe you would have, you know, acted out or, you know, just cause it's a lot to really take. And you really have to be able to accept that capacity of love. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really hard for me because I feel like, you know, it wasn't just like, cause of this last relationship, but for the first time in my life, I really felt like I was meeting someone who just wanted to really love me and like protect me and take care of me. And it was something I had never experienced before in my life. Like Mm. I was always like extremely self-sufficient and very much on my own. And it was very hard for me to allow myself to be taken care of actually. And like not feel like, oh, I'm surrendering my independence by, you know, letting him take me to Paris, for example, or things like that. Like I, it it was very, very hard to trust it. I don't know if I had to act out a lot though, because at the same time, there was just this like very strong sense of security coming from him and like very, very clear conversation. Like there was never a moment where I really had to doubt who he was or what he wanted in life as a person. Mm. And he, I never really met somebody who was so clear about who they are. Mm. And so we, we had some, we, we actually, honestly, like we are very intense people and we, we fight like, Mm. you know, I'm a Scorpio. He's a Leo. Mm. We both have been on our own since a very young age. Like we, we have like a hard time coming together on some things. Like I want to go one way. He wants to go the other, you know, but in all of our like disagreements, there's this very clear love for each other and this want to do this life together. Mm. Yeah. So you had your daughter Mm -hmm. or actually what was the pregnancy like Mm. as you were like still getting to know? Did you see her little baby aura? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, full disclosure, Herman had only been with like really tall, blonde, like boob job mm. models. You're like, fuck. <laughs> it's funny when they date those and then they marry like. Oh, <laughs> so not fucking around. So already I was a little bit like, even just with like who I was and who he had dated before, I was a little bit like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird when you see the dating history and you're like, oh, oh shit. Oh, why shit. the hell oh, do shit. you like me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is up with this? So then add to that, I'm pregnant and like he, he had never seen a real pregnant woman ever. <laughs> and so, Yeah. He had oh, never seen it. But it's a great opportunity for you. You could just go crazy. You're like, well, this, you know, and this is normal. normal. <laughs> yeah, look, this is normal. Kangles, normal. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. So he like, you know, also not only had he never seen a real pregnant woman, but really he had only ever been surrounded by models, which is like un- unrealistic, like, you know, wow. I don't know, like 10% of humanity. <laughs> and so he freaked, when I started gaining weight, he freaked freaked out. Shut up. It, it, he was like, oh my God, is everything okay? I was like, I am pregnant. Like, oh this is what is happening. Funny. You know, this is only the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and so also like, 
throughout the whole pregnancy, I was so sick. Mm. Whoa. I was like so nauseous. And because it was such a strong moment to me for the, from the point where I broke up with that guy to the point where I was pregnant, it was only a year. And in the midst of being pregnant, I was also closing my business of five years, which was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And Mm. it was just like such an intense time. And I think with all of the external shifts and changes, I was just incredibly nauseous. And that nausea stayed for the whole entire pregnancy. Wow. Then when Munai was born... Herman had to go do a fragrance for Playboy, like immediately after Munai was born. <laughs> so it was like, like, what? Yeah. Literally. I'll just I'm be back, out. I'm going to bag my baby yeah. and you're going to a tit castle. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, it was very good for my ego. Let's put it that way. You know, wow. totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I really, I really had to is he practice a model? trust. Sorry. I didn't yeah. Know. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. Sorry. Oh, he's a model. He, he <laughs> actually. You're like, oh, he had to go like put together the sex. <laughs> I literally, I, I like, thought that. I was like, I, I was like, oh, is he marketing branding for their sex? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. When I'm, when I'm saying like handsome, he's like, Standard. I gotta like, look it up. Let's yeah. like, um, no, keep going. <laughs> yeah, but he he actually just officially retired from modeling like three weeks ago. He wow. just like officially retired. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, guys have a long duration in their careers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So once he starts getting salt and pepper, yeah, he might get pulled back in. <laughs> yeah, you know, but he he just like he doesn't want to do yeah. it. I'm he, sure he never liked it. Like he never went to any of like the parties or events oh, or anything like that. He just wasn't into it. Totally. What's he gonna? What's he doing now? Now he's supporting me with my business. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the best. best. Yeah, <laughs> it's like now kind of becoming more of a family business, and it's interesting. Like actually, a lot of the skills that he gained in modeling has come in handy with Mm, some of the events and things that I'm meant to do. Wow. Yeah. That's That's so cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. That was actually number one on my list was talking about manifesting your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Checky, checky, checky. I Um, think like clear out the stuff that you don't need mm, is huge. Like the actual stuff or? Like for me, it was not only the relationship, that the unhealthy relationship that needed to be cleared out, but it was also like all the physical stuff that the guy took when he left. It oh. basically completely freed up my energy. Like, you, you know, it's like that saying, you have nothing, you have nothing to lose. Like I was in that moment of my life of like pure potential, actually feel wow. that. Hmm. I want to talk about that. Like, cause I do, I, you had a really great post on organization mm-hmm. and kind of like how you've shifted to being more organized in your life, in your business. And I want to, I guess like explore that a little, cause that's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not inherently an organized person Same. at all. Like it's actually, I'm, di- I'm it's, like it's disorganized wild. in a lot of areas of life and organized in others. And I don't know why. Yeah. Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Two different people. Gemini Moon, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, I have been in business for myself for 17 years now. 
And so I had like a massive learning curve with like being able to really look at things or not look at them. And I have had a tendency to like veer towards relying only on manifesting and only like it will come, it's okay, like just trusting the flow, which is great. But then when it comes, when that, that you know, money or positive energy or recognition or any of that comes, like what do you do with it? Like that's, that's always been the tricky part for me. Mm. And so I really started working on organization from a physical place, like organization from when I wake up and when I go to sleep and the timing of things and when I eat and not in a place of control. Like if, if, if something falls out of that schedule, it's okay. Mm. But like, just to know that like that consistency is very important for me. Mm. And then organization of my personal space. And, you know, Herman is Dutch. So they're, I mean, they're incredibly, have you guys ever been to Holland? No. To Amsterdam? I don't, I've been to Amsterdam. I didn't know that was in Holland. It's in, yeah, it is. Sweet. <laughs> so like minimal, minimal. It's minimal and it's very, it's incredibly organized there. Oh. Like even the oh. trees are organized. Cool. Like everything is organized. And so we have two totally different mindsets. And so organizing a space actually that was really from him and his energy and it was very helpful for me to just you know like I think about what color I want to wear and then boom there's like all the white things in my closet and I put on something white and it's so easy Mm. you know and how easy it makes everything and then I started getting really financially organized which was very interesting for me because I've always been a little bit of like a money avoider and not really wanting to look at finances. And again, just like trust the flow. It's fine. It all like works out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and that it's good. It does always work out, but it's like making sure everything is in place to feel supported and to really feel as though I am supporting myself is extremely important too. And with that part, I really needed help. So I hired a financial organizer, which has been like an incredible thing. Like she, she helps me figure out like my my net and my gross every month and like what where I can pay what and what I can put to savings and things like that. So it also for me it was like acknowledging what just isn't my strength. Mm. Yeah. And then asking for help. Mm. Mm. I I guess on that. So like it's interesting when you say like where's everything gonna go? So it's like with the money you know, manifesting that it will come in. So, you know, asking for abundance and then with the, it's like having the financial advisor to provide the system so that it actually has a place for that energy to go. And it's not like, yeah, that's very interesting. Just, I guess I'm just kind of like seeing it visually thinking about, you know, you want all these things, you want the money, you want the, you know, we talk about relationships, like space, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but you actually have to like find a place or like provide a space for that energy to live once you've brought it in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Like where, where is it all going to go and how is it going to yeah. continue to support you? Wow. Yeah. Because giving kind of like, um, attention to the money sometimes I'm the same way where I, w- I would avoid it, mm-hmm. but it's cause then I think if I put attention on it, then money is the most important thing to me and it's mm-hmm. not, but mm-hmm. that's not what it means to give it kind of like that attention and shine the light on it so that it can fall kind of like cipher into the Mm. correct energy 
bins. <laughs> and on that, so what is your day like then? If your day is now very organized, what is your, like a normal day using those organization things that you know now? Yeah, I the time blocking, the time organization for me has been such an amazing help. Like I feel so much more grounded and stable mm. with it. But so basically I wake up at around five and then from five till about 7 a.m. I have time for my personal practice. So meditation and I do yoga every morning and, you know, just kind of checking in with myself and getting that alone time. And then I shower, get my daughter ready for school. And then I do medicine readings from 9 a.m. till 3.30 p.m. And then from 3.30 p.m. till 4.30 p.m., I usually check my emails. So like up until this point, I have not checked my emails yet, Like, which is very, it's very, very Into it. relaxing. Have you been on your phone at all? I've been on my phone. Yeah, usually like with Instagram, I'll post yeah. on my way to work. Okay. And so I get a good like half hour, 45 minutes like while to walking. post uh, on the train. Oh, love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, I head home, do dinner, hang out, have a cup of tea with my husband and take a bath or do some kind of like self-care and then go to sleep. Wow. Yeah. How do you um, manage your energy throughout the day? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like 9 to 3.30 doing medicine readings, like what type of energy does that take? And then I know the self-care rituals help, but in terms of like nourishing your body and things like that. Yeah, it's it's very intense, you know. It's like I really have to do a lot actually to energetically restore and protect myself. Mm. But the biggest thing that I've found that helps is the ability to focus and like really focus. Like, so if I'm in the room with you and we're doing a medicine reading, I'm a hundred percent focused on you, nothing happening outside of the room, Mm -hmm. not even it's, you know, usually in the middle of Soho, like this Mm -hmm. loud and kind of busy place, nothing outside is happening. It's just me and you in the room together. And somehow that very much protects my energy and like wow. gives me energy. The second I get distracted, that's when like I start feeling really off and, and bad. And the second I'm bringing like too much of my own stuff into the room. Totally. And so after you leave the medicine reading, I take time to really wash my hands and cleanse the time that we spend together. I don't think about you at all. Like, I don't think about, I wonder how she's doing or something like that, because I don't want to have any strings attached to Mm. the work that we've just done together. It's like, I trust that the work that I did was fully focused and all of my presence. And I trust that it will do what it needs to when you leave. And that's it. So it's like focus and trust are the two things that really help. How did you get these powers? I just have always been able to really see a lot about people. Yeah. Like I, you know, as far back as I remember, I've been able to see colors around people. Mm -hmm. I can tell that most people are energetically sensitive. And for me, the sensitivity just happens to be with sight, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm, I'm extremely visual. Like if something is like Mm -hmm. visually 
off in a room or something like that, yeah. it's like I really notice it, you know? It's and, interesting your husband's so attractive then, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Must be so satisfying. Yeah, to literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, energetically, this feels nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this feels right. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then, so you were always able to see colors and auras, but did, because you also get other messages and you're able to talk to, like, what is that evolution, I guess, been like from being young? And I remember you know, when you were very young, you saw colors and it was always Mm -hmm. being extra sensitive to now where you're doing these like specific medicine readings. You know, what's interesting for me is it has been harder to like function in society and sort of like ground, like, so the spiritual world and like auras and spirits and things like that, that's always been very easy for me. Mm-hmm. All different forms of like mysticism. Anytime there's like any sort of like mysticism or mystical poetry or anything like that, I just completely understand it. But like the the real world, like grounding down stuff has been very challenging, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And I think like that's why like, for example, with being like a money avoider, like the, for the first, you know, 10 years of my my career I wanted to give everything for free and kind of like honestly felt like money was evil and like how should I like you know support myself through doing this work of helping people is that really helping people and Mm kind of like interesting views on it and at the same time like I had to kind of grow out of that because it's like, who am I to be giving people advice on their lives when my life is kind of a, a mess? Mm-hmm. Like I I have like a really clean way of living, but I'm barely getting by and supporting myself and paying rent and things like that. So the grounding down part has been really interesting. And one thing that has helped me incredibly is allowing an integration of my intuitive self with my worldly self, you know, and realizing like everything in the material realm, my work, my home, friends, family, relationships, all of that can also benefit from my intuitive nature. And the two don't have to be these things that are at odds with each other, the Mm. spiritual and material, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you do that? Because I do feel like there are a lot of women that listen, mm. that feel like they have an intuitive part of them. And then they also have the material body and everything like that. How did you, how were you able to integrate those two? I think that really getting into my physical body helped a lot. So like my yoga practice and exercise that actually like helps me to pay so much more attention to the material realm. Mm. And, you know, it's interesting because I, it's so the, this work that I do now, it is also kind of the only thing that I can do. And so I, and I just knew from a very young age, like I want to help the world. I want to help people find the love within them, find the medicine within them. I just, even if I was looking at my journals when I was nine years old, like that intention was in there. And so like everything I did on the side to support my career was like, you know, side jobs, like bartending and things like that. And so I kind of started to feel like side jobs and like the side hustle was really draining to the work that I was meant to be doing. Even like teaching yoga for me, it was a side gig and it was really, really draining Mm -hmm. my true work. 
And so I had to like take the leap and trust that my work would support me. And it, it did. And, you know, it, it was like I was forced into being a business person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, at the same time, have like a really natural, when I give myself permission for it, I just have a really natural ease with mm-hmm. it too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can divine, define it yourself too. It doesn't have to yeah. be the way everyone else has done business. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I get tripped up by that thought of like, well, no, like, I don't know anyone that's done it like this, so it probably can't work, you know? So it's like, I I do think that, yeah, once you kind of like say yes to that, there is an ease. For our, for our listeners who don't know, um, could you um, explain what a medicine reading is? Yeah. So you come in. And so first of all, it's basically, it's a one-on-one experience, a group experience or a retreat. And it's all focused on giving you the tools to be your own healer. Mm-hmm. But for the one-on-one experience, you come in and we talk about anything that's happening in your life that you're looking to like call in or clear out. And then we sit together and while we sit together, I read your aura and I tell you what I see coming up. Sometimes I forget to tell you the colors because I'm more focused on the messages, but Mm. usually I'll be like, okay, you have indigo around you. And that means that you are a teacher and a sacred rebel and these kinds of things. And we'll go into it like that. And then you'll lay down on a biomat, which is a bed of amethyst crystals (laughs) that's infrared. And um, I'll place crystals on you and we'll do a whole healing ceremony with scent and sound and distance healing and sort of removing energy blocks. And that is an integration of the eight years that I spent apprenticing in the Peruvian Amazon and using the Icarosa medicine songs that I would sing there and other other things that just make sense to me energetically. Mm. And then um, after that, I give you some tools to really be your own healer. So you leave feeling like you have something that you can work with. Like uh, I'll give you spiritual homework, you know, mm. you some kind of exercise you have to go do or things. Not, not really too much writing or journaling, but more like I'll tell someone that they have to go like, talk to this one specific person and have this specific conversation or have more cinnamon in their tea or something like that, you know? And then I'll also prescribe a ritual bath because I feel like the bath is such an amazing way for us to be our own healer. Mm -hmm. Like in some way, even if you're not, you don't consider yourself a spiritual person at all, you feel different when you go into the bath. Even if it's just a bath with water, you feel different. Mm -hmm. And so... I sort of maximize on that because I have a really strong like herbal medicine training and background. And I say, okay, like what plant spirits are going to help them to feel even better and Mm. crystals and salts and maybe some like incantations to say into the water and things like that. Mm. Mm. And then people heal in the bath. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Mm -hmm. are the spirits their guides or like a combination of your guides and their guides? Yeah, I call in their guides and guardians. And it's really beautiful, actually, from my perspective. Sometimes what I see around people is like their guardians coming and holding hands around them and sort of circling Mm. around them. And then I always call in my guides, too, because my guides 
work with healing Mm -hmm. and it's both. And it's also the guides and guardians of the space that I'm working Mm -hmm. in as well. Beautiful. Are there guides and guardians of every space? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's some places that are incredibly spiritually quiet, like Joshua Tree, for example, yeah. is one place that I've been to where I I can rest so well there because it's so spiritually quiet. Ooh, what do you mean by that? Like there's not really a lot of spirits there. There isn't oh, wow. there hasn't been like a lot of things that happen there. That's what it feels like to me. Anyways. Wow, like empty. Mm-hmm. What about LA? <laughs> you know, LA is kind of intense. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, it's kind of intense here. Like when I'm going out, when I'm leaving New York and going out to LA, everybody's like, oh, you're going to LA. Like, it's going to be so relaxing. I'm like, no, it's. <laughs> yeah, it's not as relaxing as people mm. think. Is it like, what does the noise feel like? Mm-hmm. Like, how is it different from New York? Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like in New York, there's more spiritual history in the sense where there's been a lot of like historical battles and things like that there. Mm -hmm. There's been like a lot of fighting there. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, like if you think about New York, there is sort of this like fighter and like Mm -hmm. survivor kind of energy. Totally. And in LA, it's a little bit more like just sort of some places are very spiritually murky. Like Mm. it's just murky. Like it feels like you're, you're moving through a lot of like repressed intensity. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and like the spirits that are here, if it feels like they there's like this repressed intensity to them, you know? Wow. Interesting. Yeah. What would you do what should we do about that? Well, I think on a personal level, it's like very important to embrace your intensity. Uh-huh. You know? I feel like yeah. LA attracts very intense people and actually very focused people, very driven, like very, you know, third chakra kind of like willpower people. But then you get here and it's hard to give yourself permission to be that person. You know, it's like, well, what if they, you know, what if they don't like me? What if I'm not getting along with everybody and that kind of thing? But I actually feel like there's so much medicine in being a very intense person, being like a fire person, you know? Mm. So I think on a personal level, it's like allowing that fire to come through more. Mm. This is kind of like one-on-one for you, Mm -hmm. but um, what is an aura? And then what are the colors and what do they mean? The aura is your energetic body. So just like we have a physical body, we have an energetic body. And that's why you can feel like somebody is staring at you, even if they're behind you. You can feel like "Mm, somebody is, and then you turn around and you see somebody quickly like shift their gaze, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think we can all kind of feel our energetic body. Like you can feel when somebody is like a close talker, you know, they're like up in your face. But mm-hmm. the thing is like they're in your auric field and that's why it feels uncomfortable for you. Mm. So the aura to me, it's like a lot of different colors and movement, the way it's moving. I pay attention to the sort of shapes that the aura makes. I pay attention mm. to. So the colors are really only one part of it. And I very much see what you are bringing in today. And so like when you come for a medicine reading, sometimes we'll talk about past lives but it's only because it's important to talk about that past life with what you are bringing in today. Mm. And so the colors, which is always so fun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the colors. So, 
yellow is like a really there's a lot of intelligence in yellow Mm. and there's a lot of focus on joy but at the same time there's this color yellow like a yellow ochre that really shows like a lot of addiction green is like compassion wow so much compassion and love and a natural healing energy and a connection to the earth sort of like a, a divine feminine kind of mother energy whether it's around a male or a female Blue is a deep focus on balance and need for things to be balanced around you. Indigo is the sacred rebel. It's a natural teacher. It's somebody who's here to like test the boundaries and basically like change the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Violet is like a dreamer, like a very much a dreamer. Like everything happens through the dreams and sort of like a visionary and lots of artists have Violet around mm-hmm. them. Um, someone who can be a little, maybe a little bit too future focused, you know, mm. orange is like a ma- massive, massive amount of like a natural need for like entertaining and creativity and play mm. and red is very family focused. Also something is about to be birthed when I see red, like you're about to take something from the idea place and you're about to bring it into the material reality. Also sometimes red I see around people that are like way too materially focused, like everything is what they wear, what they drive, where they live, all of that. Wow. Is it like, did your sense of the colors increase increase in like, clarity and intensity over time like did you kind of see it and be like wait what's that or like what was your first experience with seeing I know it was early on but yeah I kind of I I've been being asked this question quite a bit so I've had to really think about it Mm -hmm. and I had a head injury like a pretty severe one when I was five wow and I don't actually remember too much before that head injury, but I do, like, it is as far back as five that I can remember seeing auras around people, and I wonder if that has something to do with it, but my first realization that not everybody saw auras Mm -hmm. was when I was 12, and so up until 12, I was just thinking that that's how everybody saw the world, you know? And I was sitting with my friends and I was describing like the colors and shapes around people and what they meant and like being like, oh, that person's blue, you know? And my friends looking at me like I was crazy wow. and laughing at me. And I was <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so actually that was like kind of a traumatizing experience. Wow. And I didn't tell anybody that I saw auras. Like the people closest to me knew, but I didn't tell anybody that I saw auras. Even like in my work, I didn't tell them that that's how I Mm. knew so much about them until only a few years ago. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm going to let go of my fear of being seen. I'm going to face this trauma and I'm going to come out and just say like, even if it sounds totally woo-woo and crazy, what I'm doing is actually seeing your aura. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. What's the shape mean? Like, what could a shape be, I guess? It's, it's like the way the energy is folding around you. Oh, wow. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, when it's a healthy aura, to me, it's like just a very large extension of the person's physical body, mm. you know? Yes. But then sometimes there's we're going in in certain places and out in others mm. and... 
sometimes there, there will be like a direct like triangle above the head. I always think that that's really interesting. Wow. Sometimes there's holes in the auric yeah. field. And that's always when people's energy is very compromised, usually by like relationships and carrying too much for too many people. Yeah. Or like they're compromising their truth and their integrity in some way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do those color readings work? The pictures? It's an interesting question. So I wonder if you, like when you take a picture of the sunset, you don't actually see the sunset that you've taken a picture of. It's like yeah. a picture of a sunset, yes. you know? And I, I think like I was working on an event with an aura photographer there. And so we were comparing notes with each other and it actually like it lined up a lot, but what I was seeing around people was not exactly what was being photographed. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure. But I've done, have you done that in New York? No. Yeah. I'm in Chinatown. Magic jewelry. Yeah. Yeah, Magic Mm -hmm. jewelry. I'm in Chinatown. It is interesting Mm. because it is like where I went with a friend who like me and a friend went and you would think he would have a bigger aura. He's like kind of famous and he's very spiritual and all of these things. But because he had been drinking and partying the night before, it was almost like his aura was like pretty dim. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's right on. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting because it was like, we came out and he's like, can't wait to see. And mine was like, bing. And his was like pretty dull. <laughs> it's funny. He's like, oh. Yeah. He was like, are these switched? <laughs> <laughs> um. B-Y-O-H, um, one genius, but um, mm-hmm. be your own healer. We talk, I think we've been talking about it a little bit more just in our community because it's hard. We're in a space where we are bringing value and information to um, a big group of people. However, you know, we want to empower people to do what feels good for them and really empower them to be their own healer, be their own guru in a way, because we all have that inside of us. So can we, can we kind of unwrap that a little bit further? Like what that means to you and why that's important as a part of your message? You know, to be completely honest, being in the spiritual world for a very long time, I've just seen a lot of people out there trying to take people's power away and being like, I have all the answers and you just need to like, you know, get to this level and then the next level and then the next level of like whatever it is that they're offering. Yes. So like I've, I've seen a lot of people giving their power away and I've seen a lot of people like pur- purposefully disempowering people. And mm. it, it's actually something like that. It's, it's actually something though that has really made me not even want to do the work that I do. And like, really like it's put me on pause a couple of times with some of the, the characters that I've seen, because I definitely don't want to be associated with that. Yeah. So it really made me focus on like with medicine readings, what am I doing? And it's why, like, I didn't want to give people ayahuasca or do ayahuasca ceremonies because I don't want to give people something from outside of themselves because it's already within them. I don't want people to rely on me. Like I, when you come for medicine readings, I don't let you book within the month. Like if you want to come once a month to do a check-in, it's fine, but you can't come once a week. Like you can't be in a place where you need me because then the work is not working. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
And so I'm in the thought of like accessibility and things that we can do at home on our own for ourselves and sort of like an extension of the ritual baths that I share, BYOH was born, Be Your Own Healer. And it's basically like a way for people to just like check in and like ch- change the the mind frame a little bit. And it's a channeled message, just something that comes through. And a lot of times it's like a lot of what comes up in medicine readings. And then I share it with a larger community. And then it's a sound healing experience. And you, if you do it in the bath, it's like, it's like a double whammy of mm. like a personal healing mm. experience. And then there's like some tools and things like that in there that you can use and rituals that you can do to really do it yourself and be your own healer. Mm. And the rituals are personalized. Mm, no, it's like, it's a program that you, mm. you would buy and then mm-hmm. you, cool. you get it for like two months. And in that time you get to do all this work to be your own healer and then you're on your own or you want to do That's another, so smart. another one. Yeah. That's so smart. Last question for me, just in terms of like, I know a lot of our listeners are either entrepreneurs or creatives and or, but how have you been able to kind of tap into that, like your creativity? I kind of struggle sometimes and just creating almost like ritual around it or being able to tap into what I know is inside of me. How have you been able to do that? I think it's a lot of getting over a fear of being seen, mm-hmm. especially in that like entrepreneurial place. It's yeah. like a lot of like, I know I have something in me that needs to be shared. Let me check with where it's coming from in me. And then when I, when I have to share something big, I get so nervous and I get so afraid. And there's so much of my ego that is getting in my way, trying to keep me small. And so I have to like actually say, okay, ego, I need you to step to the side for a little bit because I have something that wants to come through me mm. that needs to be shared with mm. the greater good. Yeah. And and so, you know, the ego comes up and distracts you, you know? It's like, oh, what about this, like, little thing? Or, like, this, you're supposed to do this collaboration or you're supposed to, like, write that thing or, like, do, you know, it's all these, like, zigs and zags that keeps you away from sure. doing, like, the big thing that you're meant to do, but staying focused on, okay, everything else can wait. And I have to do this one big thing is really important. And so for me, like it's, I've always distract myself with like little side things to do, but I know it's coming from a fear of being seen. And so I have to like really check myself and stay focused. Whoa. Yeah. So good. I mean, you just spoke to Lindsay's soul. (laughs) (laughs) That was really beautiful. How can people connect with you? Yeah. You're in New York. Dude, you're going to get so many. You already are booked, but (laughs) dude, so many girls are going to want ratings. Yay. It's going to be insane. (laughs) And you're going to know when they come in. (laughs) Who said, Milana said that. Milana Snow, one of our good friends. Uh Uh-huh. She says, she's like, I know when almost 30 girls come. She's like, there's just an energy <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I can tell. It's so cute. Yeah, how can people find you? And I know you have program on the BYOH, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's my website, mamamedicine.nyc. Mm-hmm. And then always Instagram, I try to be pretty active with, which is just Mama Medicine. I do Skype medicine readings. So cool. if you're oh, not cool. in New York, we can connect still through Skype. 
And those are actually very effective. I love that. Yeah. And always coming for one-on-one medicine readings, medicine reading ceremonies. Come visit me in New York. If you want to come to Italy with me in July, we're going to do a deep dive into my work in the Italian Alps at like a beautiful, what are beautiful we doing in July? healing center. <laughs> I'm so coming, down. Coming to Italy. I would so be so down. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Is so Hubby going to host it with you or what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I just want to ask really, really, really quick. Mm-hmm. You said he wrote that eight-page poem and new things about you that no one yeah, would ever know. Yeah, what do you think that is was? Is he intuitive? Like, what is, what's he, up? He is like incredibly intuitive. Wow. Like he, yeah, he's on it. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dream. Yeah. He is Literally. like, he is incredibly intuitive and he is like extremely overprotective. And so Aww. sometimes he will catch things before I do even. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. So happy. I know. <laughs> and I could also talk about your daughter forever and about being motherhood. So we'll have I to do know. that for another episode because I want to hear about how motherhood changed you and, you know, helped your gifts and stuff. But I'm so grateful that you yeah. came. We're so grateful for our girls to connect with you. So grateful to come to Italy. Okay. <laughs> We're coming. Right away. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, and excited to do the Bulls Wednesday. Yes. yes. So and then fun. this weekend. Are you going to be there too? I'm not because okay. I'm going to be in Joshua Tree officiating oh, a yes, wedding. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, oh, have okay. the best time. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm so excited. All right. See you guys later. Thanks so much. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Mama. I wonder if her husband calls her Mama Medicine. Probably. (laughs) Yeah, Mama Medicine. It just falls off the tongue so or the lips so nicely. Great. I love Deborah, but Mama Medicine. Mama Medicine. Come here, Mama Medicine. (laughs) I know. She is a so beautiful, so so sweet, so smart. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And um, if you guys aren't aware, we're doing an ambassador program. So, you know, Lindsay and I are traveling the country and soon to be the world next year with um, our events, with healers, with sound baths, with breath work, with honest conversations, with all these great things. And we really want to empower you people to host these events yourselves in your city. So with our ambassador program through the Almost 30 Nation, we are helping you guys to do that. So join the secret Facebook group on Facebook, and then you can check to see your subgroups in the city. So these are active groups with women that are meeting up, that are connecting, that are supporting one another in all these different cities. So we would love if you joined these communities through our ambassador program. Yes. Um, All right. So this week we have a message from one of our listeners. Yes. This Mm -hmm. message just lit me up. It was such a sweet message. It says, hi ladies, I've been tuning into the podcast for about two years and I just want to express my gratitude. You guys have consistently showed up to do the work and have brought people onto the podcast to talk real shit. The wellness space is saturated with white feminism and blind privilege. It isn't easy to talk about this stuff and please don't think that your bravery has gone unnoticed. Your willingness to talk about the real stuff is going to do nothing but take you to the top. Oh, watch you grow. To watch you grow and develop as a media outlet and as individuals has been so rad and has kept me engaged. Please keep doing the work. It is so important. Sending much love and blessings your way. And that was a message from Sasha from Instagram. So thank, thank you, you so Sasha. much, Sasha. You are such a doll and I really appreciate it. And I'm grateful for your message. I saved it on my phone. You need like a little box. I know. We do. I have, I have all the screenshots of everything kind you guys say because it, it means a lot. 
And if you guys want to start a podcast like Lindsay and I, or like any other people that you listen to and you really admire, not saying you admire us, but you know, whatever, um, (laughs) yourpodcastpro.com has every resource that you need to launch, to build a brand around, to market, to get um, sponsorship deals and make money from your podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will be holding your hand throughout the entire process. We have a six week program starting January 6th which will take you from idea to iTunes in no time. It's going to be fun. Um, you're going to be a part of a larger community who will help you to grow your podcast once it's out there. Um, you can ask each other questions, lean on each other for support. We're really, really excited to be right there along with you for this process. And then if you want separate downloadables, visit yourpodcastpro.com as well. And you know you can find anything you need wherever you are in the process. Yeah, we're so excited to support you in the journey, uh, yourpodcastpro.com, Secret Almost 30 Podcast Facebook group to connect with like-minded individuals. We're here to support you. And thank you so much for rating and reviewing. It takes just a second and it means the world. You guys are the best. We'll love you. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. <laughs>